recording this shit, nigga. Fuck y'all weekend, nigga. King James, bitch ass, nigga. The Heezy Hoopcast, an Animal House podcast. Rest in peace to my big homie Kahuna and R.I.P. my nigga Reju Goku. And we own them like that. So, last night the Warriors completed their sweep of the Portland Trail Blazers. Congratulations to the Blazers on their hard-fought season. And congratulations to the 2016 Warriors on making it back to the NBA Finals yet again. I, for one, am super excited to see the death line up back in the finals because they play the most beautiful brand of brilliant basketball. That's alliteration for you bitches. But I keep hearing people say, how is the death line up back if Harrison Barnes isn't there? To which I reply, exactly. But... Or shit. Right now, the NBA's brand is stronger than Kendrick Perkins' neck, dog. When the presumptive two best players in the world, KD and LeBron, ain't even playing and nobody is complaining or avoiding the playoffs, then whoo, yeah, we got a product. But yeah, I'm happy about the death lineup in the finals, but I'm personally sick of all of this KD legacy narrative that's going on around it. He ain't even finna be playing. Why are we still talking about him? I know why. You know, sports media, 24-7 cycle. I get it. But I know you don't get the KD legacy narrative without KD being hurt and by proxy the death lineup returning. But I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. He's out. Let's forget about him like we eventually forgot that LeBron ain't in the playoffs. Let's forget about him like we forgot about Kyrie last year in the playoffs when the Celtics were kicking ass without their quote-unquote best player. Chris Broussard. Chris Broussard. Nigga, stay out the sun, nigga, before you melt into some Bisquick mix. But I just want to acknowledge that um, Bucks and Raptors tonight, Bucks up 2-1 in the series. Toronto has a chance to tie it. We'll see if they do with Kawhi being a little bit uh, limpish and gimpish. And I still got Fear the Deer in six. All the way, baby. But let's get to the topic that I'm really here for. Okay, first, Terry Rozier and, uh, oh, excuse me, Terry Rozier the 12th came out using ESPN to snitch on Kyrie. Now, we have Magic Johnson on first 48. Oh, my bad. First take, but he was acting like it was first 48. We have him on first take 48 telling it all. Didn't even need no cigarette. Nigga telling it on the mountain. You know how Rico on Pay the Fool was like, I ain't telling on nobody in Harlem. I'll give you a couple of cats doing their thing down in D.C. Not Magic. Magic was more like ace at the end of Pay the Fool. Nigga got out the game, then gave niggas up. You know what I'm saying? Gave niggas up to them, to them people. But before I give my vantage point of this ongoing battle royale circus shit show hybrid, I do want to say that snitching to the media or not, Magic said some really interesting shit. Some things interesting in good ways, some things interesting in not so good ways. So, one, 
He called out Rob Palenka as a backstabbing, treasonous, treacherous, low-down, disloyal, bitch-made, fool-ass punk. And he called him out by name. Shit. Now, that's just interesting as fuck for reasons that need no explanation. But it very much does make me feel as if that was the plan the whole time. Like, I think he was just planning to just, you know, tell on niggas, really. To just you know, provide an expose, if you will. I don't think that Stephen A. and Max are such in-depth interviewers that they had to pry this out of Magic Johnson. Um, Number two, he said that he went into the interview for the job with the Lakers with professional vanilla milkshake Jeannie Buss. And he let her know off rip that he has other businesses that he can't let fall off while being the president of basketball ops with the Lakers. Magic says that Jeannie was cool with that and it did not seem to present a problem to me until both Rob Palenka and LeBron James joined the Lakers. Number three. Magic kept mentioning that once it stopped being fun, he wouldn't be president of basketball operations anymore. And that's interesting because that's spoken like a nigga who hasn't had a normal job in 50 years. Like, what are you, a rapper, nigga? Soon as I stop having fun with it, I be done with it. Huh? Is that what you want? Nigga, the Lakers won 35 games the season before LeBron arrived. They went 26 and 56 the year he took the job. They won 17 fucking games the year before he took the job. So I'm just wondering how much fun did he think this damn job was going to be? Unless he thought Landon LeBron meant that his job was done, thusly making it the funnest job ever, and Larry O'Brien trophies were going to start raining from the sky automatically. It never rains in Southern California, nigga. That is a nigga who has been so rich for so long that he has lost all concept of the struggles of mere mortals. Fourth, he kind of mentioned that Genie Bus had the idea to pair him with Rob Palenka in the face of him saying that he would be too busy to tend to the Lakers full time. And that kind of looks like a similar move to hiring Frank Vogel and Jason Kidd together. Both are cases where two people who are qualified for the job in their own respective but very different ways. But it also sounds like two cases of Jeannie Buss trying to have her cake and eat it too. Especially if Rob Palenka is team Kobe like everybody looks at him. Like, as if Rob Palenka represents the ghost interests of Kobe Bryant. It looks a lot like you hire two guys for the same job, make one of them the boss of the other one, and see who eats who first. And maybe that ain't a snake, but boy, it sure slithers and hisses like one. On the five. Magic said that people in and outside of the Lakers front office came to him saying Rob Palenka was talking down on him. 
He has he mentioned that he has allies and friends and connections everywhere. So you can't say anything without it getting back to him. Which makes me feel like, nigga, did you quit this team? Cause of he say she say. I feel like as much as he talked, there's gotta be way more to it than what he's saying. Because magic is worth fifty eleven billion dollars. And he felt sincerely threatened by hearsay. Nigga, if I'm magic, the second time I catch wind of him talking shit about me as magic, I'm a whisper in this nigga ear like, nigga, nigga, say something else about my work ethic, nigga. And, and, and I drop $17 million in $2 bills on your house and crush you, nigga. Shit, I mean... He he got AIDS, so at least threaten him with, with the Suge Knight needle. I, I ain't trying to be fucked up. I'm just suggesting that it's ways around hearsay, especially when you worth $11 billion. Next interesting thing. He said he wanted Luke Walton fired for Teron Lou, or he wanted to fire Luke Walton in favor of Teron Lou. Which, even through nepotistic implications for LeBron, that still would have made all the sense in the world. You would have bridged the gap with another Lakers family member, with Teron Lou replacing the Lakers loved Luke Walton. And I'm sure you would have made your like new superstar Giddy to be reunited with his old coach. But Magic says they waffled and wavered on letting him fire Luke Walton. And I feel like if you put a man like Magic in a position of power within your organization, then you buddy cop him with a revered snake who nobody but Kobe seems to have anything good to say about, then restrict his decision-making ability, then yeah, it starts to look like pieces of a puzzle are starting to form a little picture. So, the next thing is, Magic admitted that he could have handled the resignation better, especially with regards to him being a lot of why LeBron chose to commit three to four years to the Lakers. I really respect him for not running away from that. Then he said, I love LeBron, but I as a man ain't trying to check in with nobody when it comes to protecting myself or securing my happiness. God damn it. Or something to that effect. And I kind of respect that a little too. Definitely still fucked up, but he definitely stood on it without dancing around the issue. All in all, Magic Johnson spoke on so many things with such vague specifics in that first take interview regarding himself and the Lakers. I'm not even sure what to make of all of this other than magic is too rich to have a job and too iconic to do an early morning tell all about why he quit said job oh yeah and between rob palenka the black mamba who is nicknamed after a goddamn snake genie bus continuing to hire two people for one job and the rambus is being somewhere in there in there all this is no longer the lake show this is the snake show a snake pit if you will and he just snitched on all the snakers and that makes me sure that 
the Lakers are going to be the best soap opera ever next season. And I'm waiting on Kobe's tell-all about the whole situation, but I doubt he says a word unlike Magic. But he still has that million-dollar smile, though, man.